With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Woo! What is up, Devils fans? It's your boy, Neil Bell Piano. Make sure you check out the Devils State of Mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. From Taylor Hammer Pork Roll to how much we hate the Rangers, we got you covered. New episodes every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Hockey Podcast Network website. And always remember to rock on. Woo! I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Happy Labor Day, everyone. I hope you are all having an amazing weekend and doing something fun, but also safe. You know, we still got this freaking pandemic that's going on, but we have a lot more interesting news to talk about. But before we get into that, I would love to introduce, as always, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. How was your, your Labor Day weekend? Was it, uh, I know you went up out of the 110 degree heat up north a little bit to heat that I'm sure was still in the 90s? It was in the, it was in the 80s. Like, it was like 84, oh. like peak of the day. You know, it was really nice. It was really, really nice. Yeah, if I sound a little laggy, everybody, it's because I literally just got home from being camping up north. I haven't even uh, gotten the chance to shower or anything yet, so I'm still all dusty and everything, but it uh, it was really nice. It was nice to get out, and um, uh, for once, I had Wi-Fi up there. They just built a new tower in, in where I stay. Um, my boyfriend's family has a cabin um, up there, so I. but usually I have no internet, and I am lost to the world the entire time I'm up there, but this time around... They built a brand new tower that looks like a pine tree. It's it's actually pretty cool. It looks pretty realistic. It blends in with all the trees very well, but it's a Verizon tower. So I actually had internet for the first time in all of the years that I've been going up there. So it was um, it was like a whole new world, honestly. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's very good. I know you were able to do that because I saw that you were watching the. Hockey Podcast Network After Hours show on Saturday night, um, which I was a part of for a little bit. So it looks really cool because they, they have the new streaming platform that they're using. So it looks super dope. And uh, so, yeah, I'm glad that we can actually, we can, because uh, usually when you go up there, uh, it's, it's, you are pretty much dead to the world because I, I, I'll try to text you and I won't get a response until like 48 hours later when you just happen to come across some connection. So the fact that you have connection up there now is, is nice. 
Yeah, it it would literally be like, uh, why don't we go on a walk? And so we would go on like a walk and somewhere amongst this walk, it would just be notifications of text messages from Richie. Like that that was normally how it worked a lot of the time. It would be like, oh, look, Richie texted me. Or if I went to like a lake or something like that. I don't know why. It's like, it's a relatively like populated area with cabins, but like the lakes around it have a fair amount more Wi-Fi than we do so i would like literally go to the lake just to get some um wi-fi so it uh it was nice to not be dead to the world for once i mean it's nice to sometimes get away from everything but it's also nice to not come back to five billion things i mean um when everything happened um before all the george floyd stuff that one hit me like a ton of bricks because when i came down I didn't hear about any of it and then it all came like rushing in all at once so sometimes it gets a little bit overwhelming when you haven't seen anything for like um on that one I think it was like three or four days and then you see it all at once it gets a little overwhelming but it, it is sometimes nice to get away from it all for a little bit but I would like to be able to get my text messages because being that many days without being able to text you and cat just feels weird right well i'm glad i'm glad you got it back so that's that's good to know but um we should uh we have a couple things to talk about this week not going to be as long a show as it usually is we uh we have some some more madness for the gm search couple new names popping up couple more couple more interviews Oh, yes. Um, Speaking was... of me finally getting Wi-Fi, that was, I'm glad I had Wi-Fi for that one. That, the, uh, should we just get straight into that? Because that was some weird, uh, weird stuff that followed that whole segment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, so I'm going to set it up by saying what I, I sent you the tweet when I first saw the news. Let's see if I can scroll back quickly and find it um come on come on come on i basically said i sent you a link to the to the tweet and i i said um oh my oh no, no i'm thinking about a different story son of a bitch um but we saw it in the slack and uh and we were both like what what which is the fact that we got the news that Pierre Maguire of NBC Sports has partaken in an interview, maybe even multiple interviews for the Coyotes open GM position. And it was just a shit show inside of our hockey podcast network Slack with people just laughing their asses off with how ridiculous it was because I think you did send it to me, but I think you sent it in a group text with me and Kat. That's the only reason oh. find it is because I definitely, I was not on Twitter um, unless I, like, had to be on Twitter. And that was the one thing I went on Twitter for the entire, like, time I was up there. So um, I'm pretty positive that was on you. Richie is, um, it, you know how you, everyone has that one friend that's always on the pulse of everything and knows stuff? Richie is that friend for me. Like, he knows when shit drops. So <laughs> usually if I know, it's because Richie knows. Yeah, and yeah, so as soon as that came down, we were all very shocked and we were all scratching our heads because it's just ridiculous. 
like there's some really good candidates that they have out there um, that Craig Morgan has reported on over the last couple of days. One of which is of course, Sean Burke, who is the former GM of hockey Canada, former goaltender with the coyotes. Um, he's worked in front offices around the league and he worked with the, in the coyotes front office for many years under Don Maloney when he, he was the GM and he was, yeah, he was interviewed in Mar on March 4th, 2008. He was hired to become the director of prospect development. He was also the assistant general manager and Coyotes goaltending coach. And so he's in it. He's in the process now. Um, Jason Carmanos from the Pittsburgh Penguins, who is currently their assistant general manager and has been in that helm since 2017. He was the VP of hockey ops prior to that and he spent a long time with the Carolina Hurricanes um 15 years in fact with the Hurricanes um from director of hockey ops to vice president assistant GM um under Jim Rutherford at the time uh in Carolina who is now the Pittsburgh GM so those two candidates right there immediately more qualified than Pierre Maguire so I I just don't see why Pierre Maguire was interviewed for this position like you said, Corey, you, you did the research prior to the show and you texted me, Pierre Maguire hasn't really been part of a hockey organization in 25 years. The last time he was part of a hockey organization, it was one of the messiest divorces you'll ever see when he was the head coach for one season for the Hartford Whalers. That's I was, okay, I will be completely honest with this. I did not know the extent of uh pierre mcguire's background and and before i i rip into something too hard i mean given i did quote tweet it and do a bunch of how about no gifts um with it but before i really like dismiss something i like to do my research on it and making sure that this is is my opinion on something because you never know like someone could bring a fresh new um, vision into a team he could come to Morello and be like I have this really great um, great idea of how to move this team forward and you know there's a lot of problems a lot of issues that this team is facing right now including uh, PR issues frankly you know we never really um, get a break from everyone trying to rip on the Coyotes throughout the NHL um, so because Later, we will talk about something else that people were ripping on the team for with um, with money issues. But um, it, with that, there's a lot of issues that this new GM coming in will have to face when it comes to and, – and I know you would think, oh, well, PR issues aren't that big of a deal when it comes to, like, a GM-type situation. But it is because of the fact that, you know, that's – as a GM, you're making deals about getting players to come and play for you and how much that will cost for them to play for you. So um, uh, having players not want to come and play for your team because they don't look good on a uh, public scale is, is, is a problem. So I was like, you know, maybe in such a mess such as this, I may not need to dismiss him so quickly. This is the most convoluted history I think I could have ran into and and some of it like I kind of knew and some of it I didn't but I mean he began coaching at Hobart College in 1984 
where he was paid $500 a season and was making ends meet by working as a substitute English, math, and physical ed education teacher in New York and started all the way to that to ending his career in 97 when he was um, the head coach of ECHL's Baton Rouge Kingfish. So he went from that to there and none of it was very successful he went in the middle of that through nhl team to nhl team i mean when he was brought in as an assistant coach for the pittsburgh penguins in uh in 92 they did win a stanley cup that was probably the most success but um outside of that everything he had from there had a short um short life to it and basically just kept on going. He hit a peak very quickly, considering the fact that when he was the head coach of the Whalers, he was 32, which at the time was the youngest head coach in the, in the NHL. So he hit it very quickly and then came down very quickly as well. And just to remind you guys, the Coyotes came here in 96. His career like in not not even in the nhl but in the echl came to an end july 12th 1997 so he hasn't even been in that even kind of in that vein since essentially the coyotes came to arizona if that gives you any type of reference point and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just all ridiculous, right? I think we all understand that Pierre Maguire is not going to be the next GM of the Coyotes. And we could all laugh at it and how ridiculous it was. And the fact that he got an interview, I guess you can make the argument that, okay, maybe you can cover all your bases and, and leave no stone unturned. What does it hurt to interview the guy? But it just, it's just so out of the blue. Like, I just don't understand it. You know, I saw Craig, Craig Morgan wrote an article recently about Eddie Olchek, you know, the current NHL analyst with NBC, maybe getting a, a – being a, a possible idea for a front office job, just not a GM job, but somewhere else in the front office. And who knows? Maybe that will happen. I don't know. But, yeah, Pierre McGuire, absolute joke. Like, the, let me read this this portion of this article from that was written in 1994 from the Hartford Courant, which I found, um, and it says this: In 15 years of covering the NHL, we had never seen a coach so universally disrespected and disliked within his own organization. McGuire fancied himself two parts Scotty Bowman and one part Bob Johnson. It turned out to be a superhuman leap of faith on his part. He is book smart and X is an O smart, but often not people smart. That's Pierre Maguire right there, folks. Which, I mean, it's really funny that they, they point out that he is, you know, uh, book smart and X is an O smart and stuff like that, I guess is how they phrase it, which is, I don't know, a little strange to me. But um, that was honestly one of the problems that Trika had was he didn't really have the people smarts as much. So to go down that same path does not seem very logical either i mean um most of this has just been faced with either one of two things a lot of people were either saying like oh this is classic coyotes and the fact that it's so like dumb that it's funny type of a thing they they enjoy like making fun of it or they were taking it in the fact 
that um, they wanted the Coyotes to take him just so he wouldn't be on NBC anymore, which I feel is very cruel. Um, I, I think, honestly, like after looking at everything and then thinking about it, is he tried a lot of things from scouting to assistant coach to head coach to GM and he even tried to um, play in the NHL and everything and in the end of it all I feel like the one thing that was like his his meant for path the one thing that he did well was broadcasting and I feel like we should just leave it there and that the fact that this got blown out of proportion and, and the fact that everything gets blown out of proportion when it comes to um, the way anyone perceives anything with the Coyotes is kind of, it's more cruel to him than anything else because it just left a lot of room for people to criticize him when all he did was go in for an interview. Yeah, ex- exactly. I'm, I'm glad we're not going to probably, this is going to be the last time Peter McGuire is going to be mentioned on this show. But uh, before we get to the other piece of news this week, um, which was financially related, um, do you have between the, the two names I mentioned earlier, Jason Carmanos and Sean Burke, and of course, Steve Sullivan too, the current interim GM, do you have a preference between the three or is it just like too early to tell or, 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 or do you not have a preference or are they all good choices and you can't go wrong with them? I don't or maybe will it be somebody else? I don't particularly have like a, a specific preference, I guess I would say. I mean, I think there are pros and cons to each of them. Um, I think there definitely is a pro to Sean Burke in the fact that he has been around uh, the Coyotes for a long period of time. I mean, it was 2008 when he was hired on. So um, that is a big deal. And the fact that, you know, not, not only was he a player, but he's also been in the front office and behind the scenes with the Coyotes. And then I, I think too, in the fact that he has such a wide range of um, experience under his belt, like that's the thing is, in the end, that's why I think too, it's really funny when it comes down to that whole thing is the people that uh, Pierre Maguire is up against is they have such great resumes compared to him. Um, so I think they can't really go wrong with any of those choices. It's really going to depend on what they what direction they see the team going in and who's going to be able to bring the team closer in that direction. And I, I just don't feel qualified to say which one I, that I would think would be best for it because I'm not in those interviews and I'm not seeing what direction they're trying to push this team in, what plan they have for a team that honestly is very unique and is in a market that's very unique, which I think is also to Sean Burke's um, advantage in the fact that he knows it well and is also in uh, Sullivan's interest too in the fact that they, they know this market well. So it's, it's, it's all very unique, and I think it's hard to say unless you're on the inside of this. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like we, uh, It's easy for media members and for us anytime – there's a new head coach or a new GM to have a hot take and say, Oh, this is great. This is bad. But as we've seen in the past, it doesn't really matter off the, off the bat, right? Like 
how how much did we criticize you and I on the previous edition of the show, if I'm not mistaken, when Herm Edwards was hired at ASU? We thought it was a joke and it was going to be a disaster. And his first two seasons have been have been above my expectations, at least. Right? We saw uh, Cliff Kingsbury get hired with the Arizona Cardinals, and how we thought that was a joke. And and he seems to at least made the him and Kyler Murray seem to be on the same page and seemingly headed in the right direction. Um, Richie, and then, Richie, Richie. I am so glad that you said the Herm Edwards one because that is what made me do more research on Pierre before I finally gave my official opinion on it because we were so wrong on that one that I wasn't doing that again. Exactly. And so that's the thing. It's like when we talk about – that's my main point here is that when we talk about hiring of GMs and – hiring of coaches like we can look at a resume or we can look at things on paper like Steve Nash was just hired as the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets and I went on on air with Kenny and Crash and trashed the shit out of it thought it was a terrible hire but who knows it might work out and I think that might be the same thing with um with the next Kyrie GM too is we just we just won't know until they start making moves two or three years down the road hell when John Trico was hired as the Kyrie's GM I um I, in in at least in radio on on my radio station, we thought it was a joke. It was like, huh, what are they doing? They're hiring this twenty six year old kid, whatever, to to run a professional hockey team. What? And for the most part, it ended up working out better than a lot of people thought at the time. So I think you kind of hit hit the nail on the head with your thoughts. Just like we just, I could say what might be great, but we just don't know because we're not inside the room. Um, we're not in the room where it happens to steal a quote from Hamilton. But um, one more, we want to touch on one more story before we, we wrap up the show real quick, um, which is the story from earlier in the week, Corey, which had me and you fired up in our Hockey Podcast Network um, thingamajig, our Slack, because um, there were reports earlier this week that the Coyotes were late on paying a few of their signing bonuses which were due on september 1st and they ended up getting paid a couple days later but this had our network in a complete tizzy and we were trying to tell everybody to to um cool it on the hatred of the team because it's like they got paid like it's not that biggest took them three days they got paid it's fine move on so quote myself i said calm the fuck down I mean, come on. That's the thing is it's just so yes, they wanted the whole thing that they kept on saying was, oh, well, you have to understand like this isn't a good look and it's, um, you know, from a team like this, it just kind of shows like, you know, that they're having issues and like, and then they're like, oh, well, you really think this is something that calm about what, what are you going to do when, um, what was the dramatic thing that I was sent? It was like, what are you going to do when they burn the arena down for the insurance money or some shit like that? And I was just like, okay, here, calm down, people. I understand the Coyotes are a an easy target, and especially when it comes to money issues. And and they kept on saying to you, like, oh, well, what if this was like the Maple Leafs? Like, this would be even blown into a bigger thing. Because, it, yeah, that's because their fucking market is so... It could be a fucking drama reality show at a certain point because their market is so over the top about it. Like, even their players hate about 
how over the top their market is about a lot of things. Like in this situation, yes, it is not a good look. Yes, I know this team is having issues. You know, this is just coming after the fact that, you know, they had to lay off quite a few um, of their personnel. But in the same token, everyone, there has been new ownership, which is a big deal. Like that, I don't think people realize like the big change that comes with new ownership. And to go from Barraway to Morello, who are completely different people, and the way that they are handling this team is completely different. And the way that they handle their business is completely different. There's going to be some issues and some sometimes that there's things that get overlooked during this process because, you know, Morello came in and was hit straight into a pandemic. And there's a lot of things that could have been overlooked during this process. You, you know, I, I don't know that full story there. It was kind of more just, um, you know, a, a tweet that was sent out and then people speculating on the outside of it. And may, on the other end, it was, you know, someone had asked Craig Morgan, he was like, yes, it's already been resolved. Like it was very, it was a very small thing that got blown up into this bigger problem. And, and I think everyone was like, well, if this becomes the precursor to something bigger financially going wrong with the team, then won't you feel dumb for like not acknowledging it? And I, and it, you can't really fear the big problem until the big problem comes because you, you don't know. We don't know. We're not in any of this. We're in a pandemic that is having teams play games without any fans and they were paying um, game day employees even when they weren't working. There's a lot of things that were going on that you don't know. And that's the thing I can't stress enough is for people like Richie and I, who know a fair amount about what goes on with this team, and we know a fair amount of people that we have enough connections to know that we, where things are at, we don't know a lot of things right now. And it's because of how crazy and how unusual things are right now. So to just put a label on this like they did, and I, and I will end my rant very quickly here, but I just was very um, fired up about this a little bit, is to put a label on this so quickly after just seeing a tweet kills me. Yeah, and I, it would have been a bigger story if it would have come out that the players had filed grievances with the Players Association, and they didn't, according to Craig Morgan. And they're not spokesperson. Yeah, spokesperson confirmed that no grievance has been or will be filed. End of story. That's, that's, that's it. It's over. Done with. And yet, you'll have anti-Coyotes people in our, in our group chat and on Twitter trying to make a bigger deal out of it than it is. But, I mean, we still can't sugarcoat the fact that we know this team has had financial issues for 25 years. Like, we know that. The team's been open about it. They had to go into bankruptcy. And that's not a big shock. But this is not the smoking gun in the slightest. 
at all. It got blown out of proportion. End of story. That's all the time we're going to spend on it on this show. Um, everybody else can go speculate, but um, that's all of our that's all of our Coyotes news this week. That was a couple big news stories that dropped. But before we go, I we wanted to do. Uh, are you ready? I I asked you if you were ready to do a a review of Tenant because we we both saw Tenant over the last week. We we um we uh, went through the 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 storm, I guess, for a lot, and we went to the actually went to the movie theaters and and saw a movie in the theater for the first time since in a long time since they shut down in march fun fact i did not tell you this Corey, but i went to amc uh here at westgate to go see it in imax so i wanted to see an imax um, they probably needed the money more honestly because amc was having the hardest time during the pandemic like shut yeah down. that i mean that didn't go into my decision at all but I just wanted to go see a Christopher Nolan movie at IMAX, like it's supposed to be seen. And I have my my normal mask is I have a gator scarf that I have, and that's usually what I'll wear. So I wore that into the theater, and then I go to the ticket lady, and she goes, I'm sorry, we can't, um, we don't usually allow those types of masks here. So <laughs> you can't wear that. Um, and then she was nice enough to go and go get a new mask for me and bring it to me that, that I could wear in the theater yeah i i wore a basic bitch mask and i didn't have any problems richie this is this is the reason why going out in public with richie is always an adventure because the things that you would think that he that you know wouldn't be a problem somehow he always ends up having a problem with them (laughs) like everywhere that's so mean but it's not wrong. But it's in you would think like oh like yeah no that's not going to be a problem, and then somehow like someone has a problem with like Richie doing it, and I don't know why. That is like an unlucky thing that you have because it's a lot of like things that like I wouldn't even like think would be a problem, but then they like tell you that it's a problem, and it just it's almost kind of funny at a certain point because like it's not your fault. You always come into things like relatively prepared. It's just like a bad luck that you have. Can you give the listeners an example? Because I can't think of one off the top of my head, other than the story I just told. Um, my my twenty first birthday, right? Uh, we were with a bunch of people who were much drunker than he was, right? And um, and uh, I can tell you that one of the people had like a fake ID, which I found out later. Um. And I, I, I was relatively drunk, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was my 21st birthday. But uh, everyone got in except for Richie. They told Richie that he was too drunk, that he, he had to, like, go sit down on, like, a bench over there because they're like, you're, you're too drunk. We can't let you in. And he didn't even remotely look nearly as drunk as some of the people that were in our group. And I did not get it. But they wouldn't let Richie in. That was that is my main one that I will never forget. Like, it just was the weirdest thing ever because it, for any other normal person, you would have it would have been fine. But your bad luck curse that you carry around for some odd reason, um, or when um, 
you paid a ticket and they told you you had a suspended license when you didn't? There's oh, a lot yeah. of times, Richie. There's a lot of times when you get into these situations and I'm like, what in the world is going on here? For any normal person, it, it was a computer glitch, people. And for any other normal person, it would have been resolved. But for Richie, it, it turned out, it is some bad luck. You are owed some really good com- karma sometime in life. I, I hope so. Yeah, that's for sure. Those are two really good examples. I'm glad you thought of those. I was thinking about the the first story, the, the birthday story, but I'm glad you told it because you tell it better than I do. Um, so yeah, I, you're 100% right. But yeah, I, that's what happened when I went to the movies to see Tenet. If you if you were curious about like evidence about that, people, Richie was perfectly fine. It was just like walking with us, doing our normal stuff. Um, the craziest thing he did was try to buy ice cream and didn't eat all of it because he realized he couldn't eat all of it and, and just threw away most of his ice cream. That is the craziest thing he did that night. One of the girls that was uh, that my best friend brought um, tried to run into the ocean um, with her clothes off and I had to go pull her out so she didn't drown on my 21st birthday. So if you wanted evidence of of me saying that he really wasn't that drunk that's what else was there they were totally fine with that oh my gosh that was so oh my gosh that was and she slammed her finger in a bathroom door at denny's (laughs) and had to put her finger in ice and then dumped that ice that was in a cup all over her lap and then uh, my friend had to drag her into a lift in that night and again, it was my 21st birthday, not hers. Oh my gosh, that's a good story. All right, before we go, um, what? give me your review of, of Tenet because you saw it before I did and you said that I would really like it and I did. Um, no spoilers, obviously. We'll keep spoilers away because it's a movie that you need to see without being spoiled. Um, what did you What did you think of the movie? I loved it. Um, would it be my favorite Christopher Nolan movie of all time? Um, maybe not, but it would it would be pretty high up there. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, it's you have to be one of those people that really enjoys watching those movies. Like so, to preface, like I say this because it's funny because if I was to just watch it by myself. Or, like, be my boyfriend who have very similar, like, taste in movies like that. I would have said it was a great movie and that, like, everyone's going to enjoy it and so on and so forth. But we went with um, one, two, three, four other people. And they got a little bit confused in the movie um, and didn't like it as much as we did. So, um from that aspect, I guess you would have to be a person that kind of enjoys his type of movies and, and, and can follow things that are not as straightforward, like think Inception, like aren't the classic way of you being able to think about things. Um, if you can follow that and you find that intriguing and interesting, then you'll absolutely love it. I adored it. I thought it was great. Um, and uh, I mean it's not really in Christopher Nolan's fashion to do like sequels to things, but they kind of set it up for one. And I would really like to see another. 
Yeah, I wonder. They did, didn't they? No spoilers. Um, <laughs> I so I um, I I one hundred percent agree with you. Uh, it's a very confusing movie for the most part, but once they actually get to explaining everything. Um, and then there's a scene in about the middle portion of the movie that is just number that's just amazing. Like I can't explain it without spoiling the movie, but see, you'll know it, you'll know it when you see it. Um, and it's it's just it's mind-blowingly well done. It's amazing, um, especially in IMAX. Like it looks amazing. Um, I would probably put it in the. Eh, I'd put it. It's not like dark knight good it's not inception good and it's not the prestige good those are probably my three favorite um nolan movies i might put it ahead of interstellar um and i maybe i put it behind dunkirk too so i'd probably put it what i guess fourth in my rankings um for uh for nolan movies the only thing my two biggest complaints about it were um much like Dunkirk, the focus wasn't really on character development. And then the second thing was I hated the villain in the movie. Um, uh, mostly, yeah, I hated the villain in the movie. We'll see it at that. Other than that, I'd still give it like 8 out of 10. I, so one of the things that you had mentioned, it was funny because when I had gotten out of there, um, someone had said something about like the ending kind of having – um like a big reveal and it's funny because i'm i'm a weird i'm a weird person when i can i can figure out things relatively like quickly and things so i knew some a direction of the way that some of the things were going to go and like uh so it wasn't as hard for me to follow as much as i thought it would be um but i i didn't think that the big reveal at the end was like a prestige type reveal because that one was like, oh my gosh, even if you kind of like could pick up on some things, you were missing a lot. It felt more like it was like, it was more of a satisfying reveal and then kind of um, uh, a layer of, well, I'm curious about the things that I missed. Like there's, there's more layers to it than what I'm getting. And you almost want to watch it again just so you can see all of the layers that you missed the first time, if that makes sense, without giving no, anything it's, away. It's 100% because it's the same way. It was the same way for Inception, right? Inception, yeah. the first time I saw it, was very confusing. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. But every time I've seen it since, it's just gotten better and better. And it, like, shot up on my Christopher Nolan movie, movie rankings. But what, did, what would you give it out of 10? nine nine out of ten nine out of ten i can dig it i can dig i'm excited to see it again i probably i'll probably wait until it comes to blu-ray um to buy it because i had i have pretty much every christopher nolan movie on blu-ray uh let's see uh i got i have dunkirk i have interstellar dark knight rises inception dark knight i do not have the prestige i have batman begins um but yeah, yeah, I'm glad we both enjoyed it. Um, go see it, Sporting Nation. Um, yeah, if you like Interstellar, in you'll like it. It's very really Interstellar-esque. Good. Not Interstellar, um, Inception-esque. Sorry. Yes, that's the closest comparison to make. But uh, any last words before we go, Corey? 
go see Tenet. It was it was very good. Just um, if you're someone who gets very confused easily, I, I don't recommend it because you might get frustrated. There you go. And the opening scene, by the way, incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. One of my favorite Nolan opening scenes of all time. Uh, my heart was racing the entire first 10 minutes of the movie. But I digress. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, Sporty Nation. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, buy our merch, all that good stuff. Um, until then, good night and good hockey, everybody.